Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hello, and welcome back to Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. I am your host, Movie Mike. Today, I want to share with you my list of my top 10 most iconic movie theme songs of all time in the movie review, one of my most anticipated films of the in year. In a world where everyone Creed and their three, mother did it live up to my expectations? One where does it lie in the rankings of all the other Creed and Rocky movies? And in the trailer park, podcast. yet another, yes, another so live action remake of a Disney movie. This time we have Peter Pan and Wendy. How many more? interpretations the of the Peter Pan story can they do. We'll get into Movie all that. Thank Movie you for being Podcast. here. Shout out to the crew. theme song. And has the power to make a movie legendary. So I want to share with you what I think are the top 10 most iconic movie theme songs of all time. And what this means is these are the theme songs that are the most recognizable. They are the ones that you hear and you immediately know and can place yourself back into that movie theater, back into that living room. The first time you watch these movies as a kid or as an adult, these theme songs have the ability to ignite an entire fandom. And some of these theme songs even transcend some of the movies they are attached to. So let's get into the list. And the ground rules are all of these songs are purely instrumentals. We are looking at just compositions made for movies. You're not gonna hear anything like My Heart Will Go On for Titanic or Lose Yourself for Eight Mile. We're just looking at instrumentals. And what we are going to find is there are some composers who just dominate movie scores and dominate theme songs. So we're going to be very familiar with a lot of these names by the end of this. So what I'll do is I'll play about 10 to 15 seconds of each of these to give you some time to identify the movie. And of course, there will always be some honorable mentions. So let's kick it off now. Here is number 10. That movie that is from Hans Zimmer, and the movie is Pirates of the Caribbean. Hans Zimmer has done so many great scores for films from The Dark Knight to Inception. He is known for creating very big and grand sounding scores because I think with this song alone, it kind of takes the Pirates of the Caribbean movies up to an entirely different level, that entire franchise, which out of all those movies, I was a fan of about 2.5 of them. And the movies were so expensive to make. A lot of that was to pay Johnny Depp, which I think his charisma is really what made those movies successful. But it was all the big ships and the big fight sequences. And it was Hans Zimmer's music at the core of that. That was the glue that kept that entire movie together 
together, whether you realized it or not. And I think as we look at all these on this list, you realize how important music is to movies and not just the music with the lyrics, but the scores themselves. Because in our life, we don't really have scores to the things we do. Imagine if we did. Imagine if you going to the grocery store or trying to make it to a doctor's appointment on time had a movie score to it. What would that sound like? Would it be more inspiring? Yeah, probably. You can make even the more mundane things seem more exciting and grand with a great score and that is what these composers do. By doing this list I've become more fascinated with scores so if you've been watching my Instagram stories lately I'm putting a score on everything and Hans Zimmer is one of my favorite to put on my Instagram story right now so I'll probably get tired of this trend in another week and a half or so just because that's how I do things but Hans Zimmer is my dude. I feel like they were just looking for some generic pirate music when it came to this movie but he took it up on an entirely different level an expensive movie franchise like this needs a big expensive sounding theme song and that is what Hans Zimmer delivered so I put him at number 10 with Pirates of the Caribbean here is number nine can you name that movie oh this movie this theme song has me hype. I hit that and I instantly wanted to leap out of this chair. That is from Danny Elfman and the movie is Batman. Like that song hit different as a kid. I didn't know anything about compositions or composers or theme songs. I just remember when that song came on, I was about to watch something awesome. I was about to see Batman. So even though I didn't realize it at the time, this was without a doubt, my first favorite movie theme song as a kid. And what really put it into perspective is whenever they came out with a Flash trailer, they reveal Michael Keaton coming back as Batman, and you get this different version of this theme song, and I realized how iconic those notes are. Hearing that kind of took me back to when I first saw Batman for the first time, so it felt so much more nostalgic, and I feel like Danny Elfman is a musical wizard when it comes to compositions. They just have a different sound to them, and I think the difference in just having a generic orchestra sound and something that's actually a theme song has some real detail and something that evokes a little bit of emotion in you with just some instrumental that is what Danny Elfman does so that's why I put Batman and his theme song at number nine here we go with number eight can you name the movie This one is unlike any other theme song on the list. It even has me speaking in a different tone. It is from John Williams, and the movie is Harry Potter. And this theme song is so different than all the other theme songs on the list. It's not as big, it's not as epic, it's quiet. It's ominous, it is magical, and it sets the tone for not only the first Harry Potter movie, but for the entire Harry Potter franchise, and that is what a good theme song does. And there is just something about this being the first thing you hear in a Harry Potter movie combined with the nighttime scenes. So this theme song and an opening scene are what dreams are made of. It's one that I wish I could go back and experience for the first time. So at number eight, is the Harry Potter theme song from John Williams. Now, as I'm talking in this different tone, we'll switch it up now and move on to number seven. Can you name this movie? Has a very charging sound to it. It is from Alan Silvestri, and the movie is The Avengers. This theme song is huge for many reasons. That feeling it gives you, 
it just has that superhero feeling to it. And the theme is huge for Marvel and their branding. I felt like this was very intentional of them always having this at the beginning of the Avengers movies. And you see their now iconic opening sequence with all the comic book pages, reminding you of all their characters and really establishing their dominance when it comes to superhero comic book adaptations. So there's something about seeing those comic book sequences and this playing underneath that is just engraved into my brain. And even now going into watching a Marvel movie, even though they change it up a little bit, even though we don't always have this Avengers theme song underneath it anymore, it's really created a cohesive branding to the Marvel movies and it gives you that feeling of like, yeah, I'm here sitting in this movie theater and something spectacular is about to come on to the screen. So props to them for really driving that into all of their movies. And I love how this song was used through all of the Avengers films and it subtly became iconic for me. And I think it's because of the scale of all of these Marvel movies. To me, it became the best superhero music. Sure, you could argue for Superman, which is big and grand sounding, but for me, it is the Avengers, so I put it at number seven. Moving on now to number six. Can you name this movie? another John Williams entry on the list and as we move through this list if I've done it to the best of my abilities and how I set out to make this episode is they will become more and more recognizable as we go you should be able to get them within I would say at least three notes some of these you can get within that first note this one I would say maybe the first three notes but it's so instantly recognizable and this movie feels like an adventure to me and the movie I am talking about is Indiana Jones when I hear this song I see Harrison Ford I see him in the getup I see him with the whip I see the title sequence I see those orange and yellow letters in that glorious font and it embodies all the things that I look for going into a summer blockbuster. And I can't wait to see the new Indiana Jones movie. And much like I did in the Flash trailer, I also realized the power of the theme song in the latest Indiana Jones trailer because you see Harrison Ford, but there's something about hearing those notes and hearing that music that really brings it all together. And as a movie fan, I wouldn't put any of the Indiana Jones in my top 10, not even top 20 movies of all time, but I can respect this song. I can respect what that franchise means to movie history. So I feel like this song even transcends any one individual Indiana Jones movie. So that is why I put it at number six. Moving into the top five, here is number five. Can you name the movie? back-to-back John Williams entries here. One note is really all you need on this one, and the movie is Jaws. Even before it gets into the vicious orchestra part, you already know what this movie is. You know exactly the feeling you get when you hear this song. And what I love about this movie theme song is that I really haven't seen this done in a while, and I feel like more movies could benefit from this. But the movie theme song itself personifies the monster in the movie, and that is iconic in itself. When you hear this song in the movie, you know that means you're about to see a glimpse of Jaws. He's about to kill somebody. He's about to attack. And I was watching Cocaine Bear recently, and I left that movie thinking, if they would have had that approach with the Cocaine Bear of creating some kind of iconic theme song or even just some iconic sound that lets you know as the audience that you're about to see the bear, you're about to see the monster, I think that movie would have had a little bit more impact on me and could have created a legacy. One like Jaws did so many years ago. It reminded me of learning about music in elementary school. I remember my third grade music teacher, Miss Barkus, and she would make us watch Peter and the Wolf all the time. And in that 
we learned about different instruments because in that musical, all of the characters are represented by different instruments. So it's a flute, it's a clarinet, it's a French horn. And anytime you hear those different instruments, you associate it with an animal. And maybe that's the only thing I really retained from elementary school at all, aside from basic reading and math. But that has always stuck with me. So maybe that was the inspiration here for John Williams. But it's an iconic sound. It's an iconic score. It's an iconic theme song. And that's why it's at number five. That is Jaws. Let's move on now to number four. Can you name this movie? We have three in a row here from John Williams. The movie is none other than Jurassic Park. This song made me believe in dinosaurs. And we go back to talking about wanting to place ourselves in a position to where we could watch a movie for the very first time and feel those same emotions. And this is a theme song that captures that. When you first hear the song in this movie, it's the first time that you are seeing the dinosaurs in all their glory. And it's a moment in a movie that as the audience, we also feel exactly what the characters are feeling. They really hadn't seen the dinosaurs up close and personal, and it is as mind-blowing to them as it is to us viewing the movie. And just the look on their faces and Laura Dern just having this expression of complete and utter awe. And it all goes back to that theme song of hearing that and seeing all those dinosaurs walking along in Jurassic Park. And aside from what it does and what it means to the movie, it's just a great piece of music. You hear this and you don't even have to know anything about classical music, anything about any kind of orchestra. You just hear this and it's like, yeah, that's good. That is epic. So that one we put at number four with Jurassic Park, but it's not the last we will hear of John Williams on this list. But here we go now with number three. Can you name the movie? This one is from John Carpenter, who also directed this movie. He is responsible for one of my favorite movies of all time, even transcends the horror genre. And this theme song itself is bigger than the movie. The movie is Halloween. So I feel like this is not only the main theme for the movie Halloween, but I think we just associate this song with the holiday. And it's just a few chilling notes. Just that piano, the bass line in the piano. It's one of the only songs I can actually play on piano, so maybe that's also why I have some bias towards this song. It's the Halloween theme song and Rugrats that I can play on piano. But the power that just those few notes in this song with such fairly light production. Now, this movie was made on a very low budget. It was made very quickly, but now has sparked a franchise that has been going on for decades now, since the 70s. And you watch Halloween without the music, and you don't have a movie. Without this song, this movie does not have the same impact. Michael Myers doesn't seem scary. His subtle slow walking or getting up or killing people doesn't have the same effect. It is this theme song and the entire score in Halloween that makes that movie scary. It's so subtle. It's so eerie, but it is so iconic. And I love how they have kept this theme song throughout the entire franchise. They mixed it up here and there. John Carpenter it's just so great at making eerie music. He is such a great composer. If you break it down musically, the theme song has some really weird timing. So you have this just obscure sounding song that works so well. I don't think it's more iconic than when made two and one. But man, it is such a great theme song. So at number three is Halloween from John Carpenter. Moving on to number two. Can you name the movie? is from Bill Conti and it is the theme from Rocky it also goes by the title of Gonna Fly Now and I guess I had to make a bit of an exception 
for this one because it does have some lyrics, very few lyrics, but I feel like even if you took those lyrics out, it would still be without a doubt so recognizable. You don't need the lyrics to have the same impact. It's just hearing those first few notes. This makes me want to just bust into a montage right now. I'm, I'm gonna go have a montage. But this is the song that inspired this entire list, this entire episode going into Creed 3. And I went back and rewatched the first Rocky. And I started to question whether or not the movie theme song is dead. We still have songs written for movies and those songs still have a similar impact, even though that's not as great anymore either. But when it comes to movies, just having as hard of a theme song like the Rocky theme song, it just doesn't really happen anymore. And I started to think if my life had a theme song, what would it be? In my head, it's something that goes really hard, makes me feel like I'm doing something epic. I go back to my boy Hans Zimmer, and the movie theme song I think fits my life, in my head at least, is the main theme from The Dark Knight. I picture myself getting ready for work to this song, like I'm about to go in and do some damage. Even though I'm just about to go in and produce a radio show. Or maybe it's something like the Spider-Man movie theme song. Picturing myself on a run, jumping through things, hopping over fences. But in reality, my movie theme song is probably Married Life from Pixar's Up. over here trying to live a normal life that is probably my life theme song but anyway back to rocky this one this should be all of our lives theme songs we should all want to be like rocky all right so before we get into what i think is the most iconic movie theme song of all time gotta throw in some honorable mentions here one that almost made my list and it uh, it almost snuck in there, but it would be the Home Alone theme song, also from John Williams. I just don't feel like this one is as recognizable. It goes great in the movie, but I feel like if you take this out of it, you don't hear it and immediately think of Home Alone. But it just feels like Christmas to me. It feels like snow falling on the ground to me. I mentioned this one earlier, but Superman almost made the list. I'm not the biggest fan of the Mission Impossible franchise, but it has a great theme song. In that same vein, you also have Top Gun. Another movie series I'm not the biggest fan of, but also has an iconic theme song is The Godfather. movies like James Bond and then I wanted to go into just some of my favorite movies that I love the theme songs but I don't feel like they're that recognizable even though I feel they're very important to the feeling of all these movies so movies like Blade Runner 2049 has probably the best score in the last 10 years there's just so many great sounds in this movie that make it an even better sci-fi movie for me. It really takes it up an entirely different notch on the old amplifier when it comes to even just the notification tones in that. Or bringing it all full circle, the text tone in that movie is actually from Peter and the Wolf. This is my favorite song. I just love me some Peter and the Wolf. I also really love the Black Panther theme. The Shaft theme is iconic. Just that hi-hat. Or also movies like The Exorcist. And then one movie theme song from a movie I did not expect to like. I don't like period pieces whatsoever. And for some reason, I just felt like I needed to watch The Favorite. And I ended up completely loving that movie and all of the classical music throughout that entire score. (laughs) 
Like for a week straight, this was just me and my Ford Focus going hard. But those are all the honorable mentions. So now, number one, what is the most iconic theme song of all time? Think about it for a second. What do you think would make this list? At number one, you'll know it by the first note. Here it is. Let's go. Composed by none other than John Williams in the late 70s. This is a theme song that not only makes this movie the first Star Wars movie, it makes the entire franchise. It is the most epic piece of music ever written for a movie. Let me state that again so I'm clear and on the record. It is the most epic piece of music written for a movie ever. It's that combined with the yellow letters scrolling the screen in this crawl that we had never seen before in a movie but now is the recipe for a star wars introduction to a movie So that is it. That is the list of what I think are the top 10 most iconic movie theme songs of all time. If you think I missed one, if you think I messed up the ranking, what should have been on the list, what should have been off the list, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok, Mike Distro on all those, or you can always find the links in the episode notes of this podcast. I'll come back. I'll give my spoiler-free review of Creed Three. The movie that inspired this entire topic this week. And then in the trailer park, we'll talk about our first look at Peter Pan and Wendy coming later this year on Disney+. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I dot Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the Body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, 
features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Let's get into a spoiler-free movie review now. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that for this review, since we're talking about a boxing movie, I am wearing some boxing gloves. Maybe you're watching a clip on TikTok or Instagram and thinking, why is he wearing boxing gloves? Because I get into my movie roles. I'm like a method actor movie reviewer. But let's talk about Creed 3, one of my most anticipated movies of the year. I love me some Michael B. Jordan. And Jonathan Majors is now probably entered my top five, if not top three actors right now. So not of all time, but of actors who I'm interested in watching their movies right now, he is right up there because he is such a dynamic actor. And I'll get into more of how I feel about his range in movies now. But from the trailer going into it and seeing them two together, I thought this could be the most dramatic Creed movie yet, maybe the best one in the franchise. So we'll see what ended up happening. But before we get into this entire review, here's just a little bit of the Creed 3 trailer. Damien's fighting the world. He's trying to hurt people. I vouch for you. You think you mad? Try spending half your life in a cell. Why can somebody else live your life? I'm coming for everything. You threatening me? Something is going on with you. Damien was like family. Now we pass talking. Then maybe you just have to find out. So let's talk about what Creed 3 is about. You have Adonis Creed back. The movie starts with him going out on top and then enjoying retirement, enjoying spending time with his family and enjoying the life he is able to live because of what boxing has done for him. But then someone from his past comes to knock in and it is Jonathan Major's character named Damien. They were friends as kids. They were both up and coming in boxing. But then one night they both get involved in a situation and Damien ends up in jail. 20 years later is where you find him in Creed 3. He gets out and he just wants a shot at getting back into the ring. And that's where Adonis comes in. And you really learn more about his backstory, more about what actually happened to land him in prison. So I did enjoy that you didn't learn everything up front. I think that probably would have wasted a little bit of time. And instead, you learn a little bit more and more about that night as you go along. So it adds a little bit of mystery to it. And right out of the gate, I felt like Jonathan Majors was such a great villain. And there's just something about the way he delivers his lines, something about the way he approaches a character, even thinking of what he did with Kang in Ant-Man. He just plays a villain so well to the point to where you almost want to trust him. You think, oh, maybe he's not such a bad guy, but then boom, he comes with it. And he is this just utter force that you can't help but want to root against. You can't help but want to fight him and take him out. He does that so well. So there's so much credit that I give to Jonathan Majors and his performance in this entire movie. I almost feel that it overshadows anything that Michael B. Jordan did in this movie. Now, Michael B. Jordan not only starred in this movie, but he also directed it. And I kind of felt that it was his directorial debut. And there were some aspects of this movie looking at it that it felt like the first time he directed a movie. Because as a director, your job is to get the best performances out of all your actors. And I didn't really think he did a good job at that. And I know Rocky movies, Creed movies always have a little bit of cheesiness to them. They're just that tad like cheese whiz on every single Rocky movie. And this one, there were some lines in this movie that would be cheesy no matter who was delivering them. But I felt like the line they ended up using in the movie on some of these characters, it just sounded like bad acting. So it was bad delivery and maybe all they needed was to do was take another take or just do something to get a little bit better performances out of some of these actors. So, so that was really the main thing I picked out on his directing abilities. I guess after watching the trailer, I thought they were gonna step up the drama a little bit more. And I don't know why I was going into a movie like this expecting like some really renowned performances from all of the actors, but I felt like Michael B. Jordan was a little bit flat. 
I've seen him put more life into the Creed character in the previous two films, and I feel like him as Adonis Creed was not as strong as Jonathan Majors as Damien, but overall, their relationship in the movie, their chemistry worked really well together. Was this movie hurt by the fact that Rocky Sylvester Stallone was not in this movie at all? Surprisingly, I don't really think it was. I don't really think it was necessary. This movie was very much the story of Adonis Creed. It was so focused on him, his moral dilemma, all of his past demons coming out to the forefront in this movie. I felt like it would have been muddied if Rocky would have been in this movie. So I don't think it was hurt by the fact that he did not have a supporting role in this movie. It was a little reminiscent of Rocky 1. There were some references to that movie. So I feel like if anything, it would have only benefited from a Rocky cameo. That's all you needed. I felt like it would have been dragged down by the fact of Rocky doing the same old thing of, I don't think you should fight in this, you know, doing that whole role, doing the old wise guy, trying to protect Creed. I don't think we really needed that. So I don't think the movie was hurt by the fact that we didn't have Rocky. I just wanted something else to take it up on a bit of a more emotional level. And going into this movie, I was putting it at a 4.5 based on what I'd seen, based on the fact that I love both actors in the leading roles. It's just crazy to me how much the Creed movies have changed over two movies and also just how much the entire idea of a fighting movie like this has changed since the original Rocky from the 70s, which I went back and watched just because I had a feeling there would be some kind of allusion to that movie, some kind of homage to that movie since Rocky wasn't going to be in this one. Creed 3, like all the other Creed movies, like all the other Rocky movies, they are known for their montages. I thought this one was a great montage. I think that was due to the fact that you had a montage looking at the training of both Creed and Damien. So it felt like watching these two forces and you can't wait till they come together. Creed 3 also had the best cinematography out of any Creed movie. I don't feel like that's saying a whole lot, but stylistically, there were some really cool shots, but there were some cool special effects, some cool camera tricks that they did in this movie to make it look a little bit different, especially when it came to the final match. And by the time we got to the final match, I realized this movie needed more boxing moments, so would have benefited with some more boxing thrown in there. The other thing I wasn't expecting to like as much as I did was the fashion choices in this movie. And maybe that's just because I, myself, and my personal life have been trying to dress with more intention and just trying to have my own sense of style, not trying to be fancy in any way, but I am just very drawn to style and fashion right now. So that's all I look at on Instagram and TikTok. And when watching this movie, I was like, oh, they were a lot more intentional with the way Adonis Creed dressed and the way that Jonathan Majors dressed kind of opposite to him. Adonis Creed in the movie obviously has a lot more money, so he was in very nice looking suits. He had this cool monochromatic look going on. And then Jonathan Majors just coming out of prison. Although I do question some of the things he was wearing because some of that stuff looked expensive, but he had like the Carhartt worn jacket, the rugged looking beanie, the cool sweater. I really liked his style as well. So if I were to pick one of theirs to dress more like, I'd probably lean more towards Jonathan Majors. That's actually the look I've been going for. And also, as I sit here doing this review with boxing gloves, I have been doing boxing classes with Kelsey, and by no means am I a boxing expert or would even say I'm an aspiring boxer, but from doing those classes, I've learned some of the basics, some of the techniques, and I found that that was beneficial to me going into a Creed movie. Just knowing how much stamina it takes to just do a boxing class, I can only imagine having to do that in the ring for 12 rounds. So not only keeping your composure and keeping up your strength, but then having to take all those hits. Boxing is just a crazy sport that you go into it and even if you win, you still get beat up and are probably out at least a couple, a few weeks. Some boxers take even up to months to recover from a fight. It's just knowing that physical strain that they put their bodies through, almost like voluntarily asking to be put into a car wreck. So I would say I had a little bit more understanding or could just pick up on some of the techniques. And I'm like, hey, we learned a little bit of that in class. So if you're a fan of the first two Creed movies, would you be a fan of this one? I would say yes, unless you were only watching those movies because of Rocky, then you would not be happy whatsoever. How does it compare to the other two Creed movies? I would say that the first one is still the best. To me, the second one took a step down. 
So I would go one, three, two in the ranking of the Creed movies. I went into this. In my head, it was a 4.5. I was needing it to go up on an emotional level, on a dramatic level to get me to that five. That's just how much I love these movies, how much I think they're great for film right now. The theater was packed, and it brings together a lot of different film fans. The more casual fan you'll find at a Creed movie. So I enjoy that aspect of it getting people out into the theater because it's a spectacle, and it's a different kind of spectacle. It's a boxing match. It's sports. And this reminded me of how my family, some of the only things we would bond over as not just with my immediate family, but with my aunts and uncles, we would all go in and pay for a pay-per-view. And there's just some fun bonding experience that comes along with watching two people battle it out. Who's going to win? That's what makes these movies so fun to me. So in my head, it was a 4.5. I wanted to take it up to a 5. Didn't quite get there because I felt it was a little bit cheesier than I was expecting. Maybe it's just because I have like a crush on Jonathan Majors right now, but he was my favorite character in this movie. I just needed something a little bit more to have me invested in Adonis Creed and his story and his journey throughout this entire franchise. With that performance from him, judging his directing abilities on his first film, I had to go down another 0.5. So for Creed 3, I would give it four out of five boxing gloves. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Can I give you a real incentive to lean into your decision to start working out and eating better? I'm Carl, co-founder of Body. That's B-O-D-I. And right now, if you sign up for a one-year subscription to Body, I want to make you an offer you can't refuse. I'll give you 65% off. Look, I know it's not easy to get fit and lose weight, especially if you're trying to figure it out by yourself. But we make it simple. Just follow a program for 20 to 30 minutes day by day and lose 5 to 10 pounds a month. We have over 120 programs that have been tested and proven to work, and almost 300,000 five-star reviews in the App Store to prove it. Body also has complete eating plans and thousands of healthy, delicious recipes. So stop guessing and start seeing results with Body, and I'll give you 65% off your annual membership right now so you save big on the app that CNN underscored named Best Fitness App. So don't wait. Sign up for a year of Body and save 65%. Just go to Body.com. That's Body with an I.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. It's time to head down to Movie Mike's Trailer Park. Let's take a look at yet another Disney live-action adaptation remake. There have been so many. So many lately now with Disney Plus that they are kind of just, at least in my eyes, going after some cash grabs. I think the entire movie industry right now 
at least the ma- more mainstream studios, they're just banking on something that is familiar to audiences, so it feels like less of a risk. And I don't know why there have been so many Peter Pan movies. I love the original one. I love Hook. But when it comes to just a story I want to see told over and over again without really changing a whole lot, I don't know why filmmakers keep going back to this story. There's not one thing about a Peter Pan movie, one scene, one sequence that I think I need to see this interpretation done so many different times. I just don't really feel that. It's just been around forever. We just keep making them from Peter Pan in 2003, Finding Neverland, the animated Tinkerbell movie, Pan in 2015. There was a darker Wendy movie in 2020. So the movie has been done over and over again. And I was willing to give it another chance. I do think there's something magical about a Peter Pan movie. Maybe that's it. It's just a little bit magical. It's fun for kids. So I wasn't excited, but I was interested in it. And after seeing this trailer, I think, oh man, this is going to be bad. But before I get into more of my thoughts on Peter Pan and Wendy and what they should actually do, here's just a little bit of the new trailer. It's coming to Disney Plus next month on April 28th. Here you go. How did you come to Neverland? Are you... Lost boys. Every last one of us. But you're not all boys. So? What is this place? It's home. Pete found it. Just like he found all of us. Wendy, Moira, Angela, darling. Where is Peter Pan? So in this movie, you have Jude Law as Captain Hook. You have Jim Gaffigan as Smee. And you don't even get a glimpse of him in the trailer. Upsetting to me because he's probably the one I want to see most in this movie. You have some new stars. Alexander Maloney as Peter Pan and Ever Anderson as Wendy. And when they're reviving this classic yet again, I wanted something that looked different, that felt different. So this trailer let me down and I now think it's going to be exactly like what the Pinocchio remake was with Tom Hanks. Just a reinterpretation of the original story that we all know done live action. You put it on Disney Plus and you know, they started out strong with Disney Plus putting out, yes, they were remakes, but I felt like they were a lot better in the beginning. And now they're just kind of slapping things on there. And it very much feels like back in the day when they used to have straight to DVD Disney movies like The Lion King 2, Lion King 1 and a half. Like those movies are now just kind of becoming the Disney Plus movies. And how we as the viewer lose out on that is we are still getting some A-list names as some of the stars. But what they are scaling back on is how much money they are putting into the visual effects This movie looks completely lifeless and a movie as magical as Peter Pan. I want some high quality production in there. I want it to look like these people are actually flying. I want some big grand set design, costume design. That is what makes a movie like this great. But we are just getting much of the same quality here with Disney Plus and with them losing subscribers for the first time. I don't feel like this is going to be a title that's going to make you think, oh, I should keep my Disney Plus subscription or I should renew it after canceling it. So I feel like this is a step back for them and trying to get more people to come over to Disney Plus. I think it'll maybe appease the people who already have it. I'll end up watching it and probably hating it by the end of it. It'll be a movie that I watch and probably rip to shreds and I hope they prove me wrong on that. It really just looks like a low budget Pirates of the Caribbean movie and I felt like they should have put more money into making this movie look more expensive, looking more sleek and made it an actual theatrical release. So very much giving me those straight to VHS vibes. And with characters that have had so many interpretations, they did it best with Hook in 91 and of course the original in 1953. And I guess what I wish this movie would have been probably wouldn't have been a kid's movie at all. So probably why they would never do this, but they should explore the darker timelines of Peter Pan, like a grittier Peter Pan or a grittier Hook. I've seen a lot of fan theories online that would make for a much better Peter Pan movie. And these are stories you probably wouldn't want your kid watching. They don't feel as Disney, but why not go with something a little bit off the wall with something that's been done so many times? I would like to explore the dark Disney theory that Peter Pan is actually the angel of death and all of the kids in the movie that he is guiding along are actually dead. Yes, it's a little bit dark, but that would be a lot more interesting. Or you explore a storyline 
where Captain Hook is actually the good guy and Peter Pan is the one kidnapping kids. And all Hook is trying to do is stop Peter Pan. If you look at the original Peter Pan movie, he's not really trying to mess with the kids. He's not trying to hurt them. He's just going after Peter Pan. He has a vendetta against Peter Pan and wants to take him down. That is the relationship they have. So maybe there's a little bit something to that. I like it when you can look at villains and heroes and kind of shift the perspective on it, on who is actually the bad person here. So you explore a story where Hook is actually trying to save the children from Peter. There you go. That's an adaptation I would spend my money on. But if you are just a diehard Peter Pan lover, you can look forward to that coming to Disney Plus on April 28th. And that was this week's edition of Movie Minds Trailer Park. And that is going to do it for another episode here of the podcast. But before I go, I got to give my listener shout out of the week. This week, we are shouting out Amber Stifler, who is a Stifler underscore on Instagram, who left this comment on my cocaine bear movie review and she wrote i have just started listening to your movie podcast starting at episode one december 8th 2019 i've listened to five of them already thanks for giving me something interesting to listen to not a lot catches my interest fire emoji one of my favorite things that i love in life are new listeners so welcome amber to the podcast if you're going back that far i praise you for listening to my early episodes because I feel like I was just getting used to speaking into a microphone at that time. I actually went back recently and listened to the first ever trailer I did for this podcast. And I cringed a little bit, but I think with anything that you start in life, you should look back at those early things and think, oh man, that wasn't very good. So I feel like I've grown a lot. So You've gotten through five episodes so far. I hope I continue to get better as you listen along. So don't let the early versions of the podcast keep you from listening to more. So thank you, Amber. You are the listener of the week. And I officially name you a member of the movie crew. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your week. We have a lot coming up with the Oscars this weekend. I'll do a normal episode on Monday and also break down all the winners and see what I got right, what I got wrong. Movie-wise, we are stacked with Scream 6 coming out this week, John Wick 4 after that, Dungeons and Dragons, so a lot of great movies to look forward to. So when there are good movies out, I feel like it makes this podcast even better. So tell a friend who also loves movies to come check out the podcast. And until next time, go out, watch good movies, and I will talk to you later. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.